0: Still going to whisper for like the next 10 seconds because StreamYard, because StreamYard, you guys, they just like to make everything loud right out of the gate. But welcome to Kasana Live, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I see a lot of familiar faces out in chat. Bill, John Haymaker, Chris, Mr. Fa Q. Oh, no, this is just Mr. Q. I believe you changed your name. (laughs) I don't know if Mr. Fa Q is still here adrian ian victor welcome everybody christy skip is here hello Ern. good to see everyone here today thanks for joining us on this lovely saturday it is saturday right i hope it's saturday we're in the wrong place We see breeze tones out there too oh yes adam breeze tones welcome thanks for being here we have we have a familiar face to you with us today. Uh, We do have a special guest with us today, everyone. We have Dr. Colin Mendelson joining us today. We're going to be talking a lot about Australia, And, uh, and that's Australia for everyone else. Uh, And and all the uh, regulations, rules, things that differ between the US and here and policy and tobacco harm reduction and and all the good things. We're going to have a big discussion about all that very soon. We'll be bringing Colin in very shortly. uh, At the end of the hour here, uh, Alex is going to have some legislation for us this week. What do uh, what do we have on the docket this week, Alex? What are we going to be talking about?
1: It's 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 still kind of same old, same old. Um, you know, we've got Hawaii and Alaska and Washington County, Oregon, and uh, a, a brief update on Connecticut.
0: Cool, cool. Well, I guess nothing new is not really a bad thing. So. So we'll just keep on the the recap train that we've been riding for a while now. Uh, I guess with that, do you want to do a, a quick little round of, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you, Kristen?
2: I'm good. Good quick okay. enough? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alex, <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's warming up. It's almost springtime here. It is. Oh, it is springtime here. It is springtime. I
0: am up to my eyeballs in springtime, so... Jim would be proud of how quick that round of, hey, how are you is just went. So without wait, any further do? ado. <laughs> wait,
2: wait, question? What? Oh, he's kidding.
1: Oh, you got one more? No, no. I was oh, saying you, oh, you're, you're just, about oh, to be pushing it. You're pushing, just, it. You're pushing your luck okay, here. I'd see. All, <laughs> right. All right. Well,
0: without any further ado, let's get right into it and bring Colin in here. What do you say? Do it. Do the thing. Roll the bean the the footage.
2: Roll All right. Bean.
0: Dr. Colin Mendelssohn, welcome to CASA Live. Thanks for joining us this week.
3: Logan, thank you so much for the honor of the invitation. And hi, Alex and Kristen. Now I I have to ask you, though.
0: Hey, how are you?
3: I'm very well, thank you. I'm going back to bed after this. It's a little early on Sunday morning, but otherwise I'm fine. Thank you. For those you got who don't up know early it's, for the show you put on a button yeah, yeah, up you yeah.
0: got all ready to go yeah yeah
3: thank you i've got a shirt on but i won't tell you what's below that uh,
0: <laughs> this is the secret of youtube is no yeah. one wears pants
2: that's,
0: no, the, that's no. the secret of youtube
2: <laughs> i have pants that's on true. i will let you know that <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay well christine is one in a million I have pants on too.
2: Yes, but, but it's 6:30 in the morning in uh, Sydney right now. Folks who are watching in the US, so he he got up uh, super duper early for just for us today. Yeah. On a Sunday morning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're in the future. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, the future the future's not good when you get here. I'm warning you, it get like
0: well, I'm hoping that I don't even see Sunday morning at 6 30. I'm hoping that I'm I'm still vast you know, quick asleep by then. Yeah, I hope so. But all right. I guess uh I guess right out of the gate, Colin, for I, I know a lot of folks here in chat already know you, already know who you are, but for, for all of us and for all of YouTube and Facebook and everywhere would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and and how you kind of got into all of this?
3: Yeah, sure. Look, um, I was a GP, a a family physician for nearly 30 years and I've always had a special interest in smoking. I mean, preventative medicine, I think is just so important. You know, we treat lung cancer, but if you can prevent it, of course, you're way ahead. Mm -hmm. And uh, so i developed an interest in smoking and in the last seven or eight years, just, I work exclusively in that field. Mm. I'm a member of the committee that develops the Australian guidelines and I was an associate professor in the School of Public Health uh, and Community Medicine (laughs) at the University of New South Wales. Um, I've never smoked or vaped. Uh, Fortunately, my father did and my father-in-law did and they both died from smoking. Mm. So you know, I'm very, very familiar with the harm smoking does. But helping smokers quit has been a very difficult area to work in. I mean, the quit rates are extremely low. Even in the best clinical trials, um, after about 12 months, less than 10% of smokers uh, have still quit. Mm -hmm. So when vaping came on the scene, I mean, I I was blown away. I I did the research and I saw it in my practice. Uh, People were quitting, people who often had tried and failed to quit with other treatments and, and suddenly they were, and they were telling me, well, this, this gives me, while I got from smoking, it gives me the hand to mouth, the sensory effects, the social aspects of smoking, but without the toxins. And <clears throat> so I, I became, you know, increasingly a supporter as I saw that it was working. And several of us, um, Alex Wodak, you uh, Joe, uh, Joe uh, Costa Rich and I started the Australian Tobacco Harm Reduction Health Promotion Charity to raise awareness of vaping and other forms of tobacco harm reduction, um, and that's been been running for several years. I, I naively thought that if you just present the evidence about vaping, which is very straightforward, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, then to the public and to the policymakers, well, people will embrace this as a wonderful opportunity to address what's still our biggest preventable health problem. But, of course, there are many hidden motives, as you know, behind the scenes. There's all the politics and the ideology and the vested interests, um, the moral judgments about people using an addictive drug, and... Um, uh, there's the financial issues. We don't have an MSA over here, but we make a lot of money from tobacco taxes. And, and so, you know, the opposition has been extraordinary in Australia uh, in spite of that. And uh, and that's one reason I wrote the book that I, I've written recently, to answer some of that misinformation uh, that's out there, to, to, to present the evidence. Uh and, and also naively thinking that might make a difference to policymakers and anti-vaping people. But, uh, you know, it's it's as you know, it's, it's a long, slow battle.
2: Yeah. And we were all there in the beginning, too. We understand that whole you yeah. of thinking, oh, they just have to get the facts. It's just they just yeah. don't know. And yeah. then when they do know, it doesn't change anything. And then you have to wonder no. what's going on here. How could you still look yeah. at all the stuff I'm looking at and not get it?
3: Yeah, get it. And that's the thing. And, and what well, I've discovered, certainly through my work, and you're probably aware of this, is that they present certain narratives about vaping, which are kind of appealing, like, oh, all the kids are vaping. And, oh, we don't know in 30 years' time what's going to happen. Oh, it's just the big tobacco companies and everyone hates them. But what's really going on is behind the scenes. So you can't even argue with those issues because even though the evidence is so strong, what's behind it is, oh, we, we think people should just quit altogether or it's politically too risky or we don't want to lose the money or we don't want to lose our jobs. Uh, they have vested interests and, uh, and I think and you can't really argue directly with that stuff and yet that's what's going on.
2: And you mentioned your book, uh, Alex. You want to bring that up? I put, I just put the link. I just put the link. Oh, he's and he's not going to do go the screen. He's got your book. It looks like so. He's just going to pull it and oh. pull it up. Yay!
3: Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. And uh, we we it.
2: we will put a link to that in the description, and I just put it in the uh, chat as well. And what would yeah, you say? You. Is this a? Is this more of a? history? Would you tell our audience, is this more of a history of the, of the story of it, or is it just an advice book for people who smoke? What would, what, would Or yeah. is it both?
3: Well, look, can I show you some, a slide? I mean, I'll do the advertisement mm-hmm. first, then we'll get that out of the way. So sure. If you can take up show, show you, if I can show you that slide, that first slide. Yeah, so basically, it's a book for smokers, vapers, health professionals, and policymakers. So it's actually quite comprehensive. It's got it's very evidence-based it, it outlines all the evidence for vaping based on on the research um, prices are there it's available as an ebook. you can buy it on amazon it's printed in the us uh, you can buy it and there's more information on that link and on the next page it just shows yes basically it looks at the evidence for vaping so is it you know what is the evidence for safety does it work it looks at the myths about nicotine, which are unfortunately underpinning a lot of the opposition. Then there's a section about a transition, how the transition from smoking to vaping. So what do you actually need to do? Because I think it's quite overwhelming for a lot of new vapors. So it outlines, yeah, the devices available, the types of nicotine. Um, wow. uh, um, and
1: I, I think, uh, I don't know if... I, I don't know if your section gets into this, but I did see Alex Wodak had, had posted, I um, was probably about a month or so ago, another thing for people to kind of be aware of is is what we experience when we when we transition from smoking to vaping and by, you know, everybody sort of talks about how it makes your, your mouth dry or you might wake up with a sore throat if you didn't drink enough water and some other things. To, that, so I don't know if you added that in there as well, but.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've got all the, all the pros and cons are listed and 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 the overall public health impact of course uh, from all of that is is positive but uh, and the third part is all about the controversy so why is vaping <clears throat> opposed in the u s and in Australia? What are the real reasons behind <clears throat> the scenes and then how best to regulate it in my opinion uh what what's going to work to give it the most public health effect um, and there's all sorts of other issues like you know, people's autonomy to use something that harms no one else um the yeah the um the whole human rights issue and social justice issue and um and and how yeah the the regulation and what the future is and what people can do so it's kind of there's something for everyone in there Um, and final slide oh this is just a a review from neil Benowitz. so he's the the american guru and the the nicotine nicotine guru and you know, I think basically it's, it's basically saying it, yes, look, this is evidence-based and I think it's a practical guide for, for, uh, n- non-smokers who, who want to find out more and make a switch. So th- that's the end of the advertisement. Thank you for the opportunity <laughs> to, to make aware, aware of people aware of that.
2: All right. So. um
3: yeah, that's fantastic. I re-
0: I saw someone in in chat. I was looking for and I c- I couldn't find it again. Refer to it as the Bible, basically. Aww.
3: that's that's
0: just fantastic.
3: So does that make me? Does it make me divine in some way? Uh, in know. some way, in the world of thr, yes, absolutely. Maybe that's
2: one person has claimed to be a vape god, so you wouldn't be the first.
3: Um,
2: (laughs) Although I did see somebody saying that they might get that and put it in their vape shops. They're asking if they could put it in their vape shops. Well,
3: I I actually think it's an excellent idea to have at least one copy as a display model copy in the vape shop because people come in, I'm sure you get this in the US, and say, well, but hang on, I've heard that this causes popcorn lung uh, or I've heard this causes Ivali. And, yes, they mightn't believe the vape shop uh, expert, but, you know, you can say, well, here's a book. Here are the references, and, and this is what the, the experts, or some of them, are saying anyway. Yeah. yeah
2: and we, yeah. we never know in, in the US what they're going to count as being uh, making therapeutic claims. Because I know, in some cases, they you couldn't even say yeah. it doesn't contain tar. Oh, that's a therapeutic claim. Wait, what? Huh? Nope, can't say that. <laughs> it's like,
3: what? Well, yes. I mean, you, you can, but, then, but that's why you can show the book and say, well, this is right. one perspective based on, on the evidence in, without necessarily making a claim. So I think it has a role, a role there, but it oh, no, basically absolutely. Is... I,
2: agree. I think they should, it's, <clears> it's just like <throat> with the, some, some, um, companies and, and, and shops and stuff on their website would just have a link to a page or a study that said yeah. something and they made them take those down. So it's
3: oh really, well, wow. oh, yeah,
2: it's crazy what they'll, yeah. what they'll go after over here. You never know. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. On the, uh, on the topic of, you know, therapeutic claims and kind of regulation in general, um, how does some of Australians' regulation of vapor products differ from say the UK or New Zealand? Yeah. Yeah. Or us here in the United States.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, we, we have the most restrictive regulations in the Western world in Australia. So we're the only country where which requires a prescription to possess or use or import nicotine, nicotine liquid. Um, So it's a de facto prohibition because most people don't get a prescription. You know, people, people don't want to be told what to do when they can go and buy a pack of the cigarettes on any street corner. But there's almost universal opposition to vaping in Australia. Um, You know, our our nine health departments uh, are opposed. Our Medicines Regulator, our peak health body, the National Health and Medical Research Council um, are opposed. Uh, Most of the health charities and medical organisations, even the the medical organisations of doctors uh, are opposed to vaping and um, what that one of the problems that that creates is it's very hard to get a nicotine prescription because doctors are constantly being getting negative messages about vaping from the Cancer Council, the Heart Foundation, and so and and because the health authorities are opposed, they're reluctant to recommend it because of you know there are medical legal issues then for them. So and we only have very basic regulatory standards, um, which is a big disappointment. We should have something better for quality and safety and so on Um, and you know they use the same arguments that they use in the u.s so they use the all the youth vaping epidemic big tobacco the unknown uh, health risks all all those same arguments are used as in the, the u.s so um would you? Would you? We say have that... one organisation, one organisation that supports vaping, and that's the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists, because they see, they get their patients better, and then they die from smoking, and they strongly support it. Our College of GPs is very half-hearted, but that's about as much support as we get. I was going to ask about the the regulations. I, I think I, I
1: stumbled upon was it the TG one ten or TGA one ten. Mm. Um, and, and I was actually kind of surprised, I, you, you, know, you mentioned it, that the, 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 the sort of product standards are very minimal. Um, minimal. I, I yeah. think there, it, there was sort of like three points and a lot of it was, yeah. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, common sense stuff. I, 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 I remember correctly. And the interesting thing was of course, uh, and I think this may, I don't know if it's the only country where this is the case, but, uh, if you get a PMTA through, the U.S. FDA, then mm-hmm. you're automatically okay to sell in Australia, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm kind of wondering, you know, with a product actually making it through that,
3: has that changed anybody's feelings at all about yeah. about not, not at all. no, not at all, no, no, um, and and there are huge fines if you're. It's a criminal offence to have nicotine in Australia without a prescription. If you import it without a prescription, the fine is up to two hundred and twenty thousand Australian dollars. Wow. A hundred, yeah. 165,000 US, um, and and it, look, it's not being enforced, but they keep threatening. That's the current the current legislation that uh, allows that. But look, we look across the Tasman to our New Zealand cousins, and we you know we're really envious because in New Zealand they've, they've taken this really progressive approach, which allows adults a ready access to high quality products with good regulatory good regulatory model. Um, they restrict access for youth uh, and enforce that. They mm-hmm. they educate people. They have government websites, and, in fact, I'll show you in a moment, but they have government websites which encourage vaping, mm-hmm. and they're having fantastic results um, already. Um, and if I can show you that current slide I've got up here. So this slide shows you what's happening in New Zealand lately. They passed legislation uh, just over a year ago uh, making vaping more accessible and, and uh, legal. And you can see the, um, the, the latest smoking rate in adults has gone down to, the vaping rate's gone down to 10.9%. Um, in, in the US, you're doing better than us. But in Australia, of course, we've sort of pretty much flattened out, although we haven't got recent figures. But, um, you know, the, the New Zealand model is working uh, and it's very similar to what they're doing in the UK. And it's something that we should all be doing. Uh, they're not seeing the problems that we're having in Australia. so um, And working in you know, the U.S. Yeah, are,
2: too, but only by accident, it seems like.
3: Yeah, in spite yeah. In what the
2: government's trying to do.
3: And that's, the, that's in spite of all the opposition. Imagine if they actually encouraged vaping in the U.S. Imagine yeah. if there wasn't all that resistance and the U.S. government actually supported and encouraged vaping. You know, we really have a huge opportunity here. So uh, I, do I think those much. models...
2: One real quick question. When you say nicotine you can't get without a prescription, is that just vapour products or does that include gums, patches, lozenges, those are all prescription as well?
3: Yeah, No, no, nicotine is a dangerous poison in Australia unless it comes prepared and packed for smoking. So if it's for smoking, it's not a poison and you can buy it over the counter. Uh, Patches and gum and lozenges you can also buy over the counter. It's only in vaping. That you can't buy it, so that's even <laughs> crazier. And twelve-year-olds can go to the corner store and buy patches and 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 gums. So this toxic wow. poison that's terribly dangerous to young people, they're allowed to buy that legally, as long as it's not with vaping.
2: I mean, yeah, that's no one stops to question
0: with. that like dichotomy. No one, no one even with an eye at that.
3: We ask that all it the does, time. I mean,
2: that just really does to know how crazy it is. Because if you don't realize and, and that. Everything else except for vapor products, yeah, you can just yeah. go buy it, and and oh, I'm gonna pass. Yeah,
3: and thing. it shows you you it also shows you that it's it's uh, they allow the, the the least effective forms of nicotine to help people quit, but not the most effective. Uh, and we know vaping works better than than the other options. But you know what what worries me is in the U.S. Um, there is such opposition based on youth vaping, and I think the recent developments are really going to undermine. What we can already see is, is quite r- good recent progress there. I mean smoking rates are falling in faster in the US than they are in Australia. but the, the opposition currently is is just going to undermine that. It's, it's crazy.
2: Uh, we do have one question from the chat. Philip asks uh, Australia's anti-THR tobacco harm reduction politics have always seemed particularly inflexible, which is really hmm. something. What would you say motivated Greg Hunt to take such an oppressive stance?
3: Yeah, that's a really good question. So in our federal parliament, there's actually quite a bit of support for vaping. In fact, I met two MPs this morning. Um, there's not current election campaign and my local MP and another member, um, the Minister for, for Small Business, both support vaping. And they said that they that what we knew, which is that there's a lot of support in parliament, but Greg Hunt, our health minister, strongly opposes it. Now, he's un- he's fortunately retiring in, in a month uh, and there is a new... Uh, incoming health minister if the, that party's elected. Why Greg Hunt, and she supports vaping as far as we can tell, but why Greg Hunt opposes it, we don't know. He's been getting all the usual advice. I think there's a lot of political implications. If a health minister comes out and says, oh, we're going to support vaping and the Cancer Council and the Australian Medical Association and the TGA all say, oh, no, you can't do that, there's going to be a huge political pushback. And I think that's a large part of it. But I think he's misinformed and I think he's getting misinformation from his advisors. Um, I think he's probably got good intentions, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's crazy uh, that the opposition is so persistent.
2: You are getting a lot of questions in this chat more so than I normally get every uh, another week. So excuse me for trying to catch up here. Uh, Skip asked one, are products like Snus and nicotine pouches legal in Australia?
3: Well, snooze you can bring into us, you can import. You can't sell it in Australia, but it it because it's a tobacco product, it comes in with enormous and prohibitive taxes. It's a moist product, so it's heavy, and so the taxes it's like over a thousand dollars a kilogram. So mm-hmm. yeah, people do import it in various ways. <clears throat> Nicotine pouches aren't aren't legal now.
2: And I'm and some of you you guys. I'm... Some of your questions will be answered in some later things that we're getting into, so I'm going to hold off on some of those then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Where are we at?
0: How much of that, uh, you know, that I I guess kind of misinformation swell in Australia is, in your opinion, influenced by us here in the U.S. Because I'm a firm believer that the biggest Mm -hmm. export of the United States.
3: Is unfortunately misinformation. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. What happens is in, in Australia that when yeah. our policymakers and authorities talk about vaping, they always refer to the US. So they never talk about the UK. So you know they, they cherry pick the evidence to say, oh, but in the US there's this terrible youth epidemic, and and uh, um, you know there's all these problems caused by vaping but they never say oh but in the uk actually they've actually managed it very well and they're positioning it as a an adult an effective adult quitting aid there's hardly any take up by kids i mean they don't compare that so basically they just pick the worst possible scenario so thank you very much for that that's unfortunately <laughs> having a big impact yeah. in australia where normally we would you know, normally the americans do things well and um uh but you know it's it's cherry-picked uh, so we, we we don't get the benefit of other, uh, and New Zealand and the UK, both of them are, are really um, quoted by, by Australian experts. Yeah. But
2: why? Why? I mean, you'd think the UK, I mean, doesn't Australia really have kind of a tight or a close link with the UK with a lot of things? I mean... It- the royalty still goes and visits there and things like that. You'd think that that would be, well, oh, forget those Americans. The UK knows where it's at. But no, well, they decided
3: to- too You've been too logical here, Kristen. <laughs> uh, and, and the other thing is that in Australia, our fourth biggest tax is tobacco tax. We have the highest mm-hmm. prices of cigarettes in the world. So the Treasury would lose, well, last year it was about fifteen million billion billion, which is our fourth biggest tax. So after company tax, GST and income tax, it's number four. That would leave a big hole in the Treasury. But the politicians like to be seen to be tough on smoking and tough on the tobacco companies and protecting the children. And so there's a lot of political advantage in in opposing vaping. So it's it's for all the wrong reasons. And And, and people, as we know, people should just quit. They shouldn't be using an addictive drug like nicotine, which is killing everyone. So... Um, you know, there's all this other nonsense going on. And so they pick the evidence to support what they've already decided.
2: Yeah. And it's so horrible that it's addicting kids for life, but adults should just quit um, yeah. <laughs> because it's so easy to yeah. quit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We yeah. did yeah. see yeah. a question earlier, and that kind of goes into what you were saying about that. Uh, so, or I wonder if it was a question or comment, but about the black market, because I see lots of articles coming out of Australia and even New Zealand yeah. about a huge tobacco black market. Yeah. And yeah. that same yeah. thing you think was going to happen with vaping.
3: Yeah, well, we've got a huge black market because it's so hard for most people to get nicotine vaping products legally. Um, very few doctors will prescribe them. Um, it's just so easy to keep smoking. And, um, uh, so so what's turned up on the market is uh, these sorts of unregulated vaping products from China. So the kids are buying these products. So. Uh, gun pods, HQDs, uh, uh, QVs, uh, these are are just disposable 5% nicotine vaping products. Now, you can buy those anywhere. You can buy them from uh, convenience stores, tobacconists, on social media, um, and they have high levels of nicotine, and they're not regulated. So they come from China. We don't know what's in them, and no one's bothered to test them. Hmm. And the sale isn't being enforced. Now the one good thing is that there are adults who are trying these products and finding wow vaping works. And then I see them and I say, well, actually that's not a good way to do it. Why don't we try something that is regulated? So that it just shows, it goes to show, ready access does help people to quit. But unfortunately, the kids are using them and they're very high nicotine. Uh, there's a high risk. It's like Juul. They're very. There's a high risk of addiction, although that's overrated.
2: Yeah. But uh, unfortunately. True.
3: Unfortunately, the opposition's weaponized this against vaping and they're saying, oh, but all the kids are vaping, but they're not doing anything about it. And they're using that to say, oh, well, we have to ban vaping. But, of course, it's the ban that's created this problem. If they regulated vaping properly uh, in a comprehensive way and endorsed and, and um, enforced the, the sales with proper, you know, with licensing of retailers and penalties and loss of licence, they, they, could, they could deal with this. But we all know prohibition doesn't work. And the black market, if there's a demand and people find it hard to get something, they will, the black market will help, help out. And the black market doesn't respect age of sale. They're not concerned about the quality of products. And that's why we've got Ivali, of course. You know, if you don't have make it easy for people to have what they want they're going to find other ways and do more harm and the criminal gangs step in and we we, we all know what happens
2: well and that's just it is the many of the articles i've read wasn't even about the vape, vapor black market it was about the cigarette black market because of the high mm. taxes and and how is how expensive it is to to smoke yeah. there and that yeah that both new zealand and australia have huge uh, cigarette black markets and that's yeah. the thing is if you know you have a huge cigarette black market problem because of your policies do you really think you're and then they just say well this is not going to create a problem for vaping black market no. no it's like but how do you how are you completely ignoring the fact that it is causing you a black market problem with your yeah. cigarettes so yeah you have an example yeah. right there
3: exactly and and there is there is a huge black market and they're very distressed about that because they're losing tax and so they have the border force, you know, enforcing this and 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 uh, shutting down farms that make tobacco. You can't pre- grow it in Australia. Um, they're doing raids on tobacconists and so on. But of course, that's only a drop in the ocean. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not really working. Uh, but of course, they are concerned because they're losing income tax. And of course, if they allowed a vaping industry, they would make obviously a lot more money from that. As it happens, now what pe- most people do is. They buy from New Zealand. So all the money is going to New Zealand. And a lot of the vape retailers have set up in New Zealand and they sell it back to Australia. So all the money is going to New Zealand. People are still getting their vaping products. And, and, you know, obviously we could do it much better. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But regarding the teens thing, though, are you seeing – in, like in the in the U.S., they keep saying there's this gateway, and that kids are gonna, you know, teens are gonna get uh, addicted to Juul because it's so high in yeah. nicotine. Um, and then, which is again questionable. Um, but we're not seeing that. We're not seeing mm-hmm. the all these all these kids who were supposedly getting addicted for life on Juul as we're getting they're getting into the older grades. We're seeing vaping going down. We're not seeing. Yeah you're not seeing the teens so even with this high nicotine and all these flavors none of these teens you know a lot of these teens that we think that who do go on to smoke or who do stick with the vaping in the absence of vaping would have been smoking
3: exactly exactly so that's
2: what i that's what the point of okay we get rid of all this vapor products what do they what do they think all these teens gonna are gonna do
3: yeah exactly exactly (laughs) Yeah, no, so so what the evidence is showing, and there have been a whole lot of studies recently, is that vaping is actually diverting kids away from smoking. So, yes, kids are trying vaping, uh, and, and mostly it's experimental, and most of them are smokers anyway, or they were to start with. And most kids who start vaping, in the US, at least 80% of them were smokers to start with. So for them, it's arguably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The the evidence from a number of studies, certainly in the US and, and in other countries, is that vaping is actually diverting these kids away from smoking. This, some might try vaping, maybe never would have smoked and then go on to smoke, but many more are actually going uh, to vaping and not going on to smoking. And uh, in the US, there was a, a study done by Robert West and Martin Jarvis and um, Jamie Brown, and they found that less than 4% of kids who vaped had symptoms of dependence mm-hmm. on nicotine. And the Royal College of Physicians recently said, we can't see any evidence of a significant addiction problem. So these arguments are not grounded in science.
2: No. And I
3: think vaping overall is, is, is actually... You know, I can't say kids should be allowed to vape, but I can say that the evidence shows that it's not doing them any great harm.
2: If they do, yeah, because all this panic over flavors and all this panic over high nicotine, and neither one of those things really are causing yes. anything. It's not causing more smoking, and it's not causing more vaping. So, yeah, especially are they tracking that in Australia, the, the youth vaping oh, and no. smoking? No,
3: no, Just take no claims no. about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. I've just got a slide up at the moment. but you, If you might like to show this one here, which I think is really important. I mean, this is this is a slide I make. I, I'm like Danielle Jones. I love making um, graphs. Um, <laughs>
2: Danielle,
3: <laughs> I yeah. yeah, I sometimes talk to Danielle about that. But th- this is data from the, the, the National Youth Tobacco Survey, and it shows that in the blue line, the smoking rates in high schoolers, past 30-day smoking rates, were slowly declining mm-hmm. until 2013 when uh, vaping became popular. And after 2013, the smoking rate amongst high schoolers f- fell. It was one, 40% faster than when vaping became popular. And now 1.9%, I'm sure you know this, of high schoolers vaped, or smoked in the last 30 days. Less than half a percent smoke daily. I mean, smoking is almost gone in kids yeah. Uh, I wonder if vaping has anything to do with that. I mean, you know, you can see on the red line the, the rate of vaping in the US in kids mm-hmm. uh, and how it's dropped 60% in the last two years. And, and you can't explain that by, you know, how, how are kids addicted to nicotine? They can all stop if they want to, and they are. Right. And that probably will continue. I think it's been a bit of a fad. And like you said, Danielle, earlier, kids just try, are trying these things, And it's something new, and they try it, so the numbers go up, but then they stop them. And we're seeing it it is a bit of a fad, and I expect that trend will continue. So I think vaping overall has been very beneficial to public health and smoking rates.
2: Yeah. We we can't disagree with you, but they just seem to want to absolutely ignore that and believe the hysteria rather than what's actually happening
1: I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing, you know, looking at 1.9% of young people yeah. smoking, it's, it's hard not to think along the lines of we are on the precipice of a smoke free generation in the United States. Yeah. And yeah. It's, exactly. it's, you know, they, they, they have achieved the goal. It, it, it's, I mean, we, we're down below 5% to begin with. And yeah. now we're watching kids who know kids know they get this. They don't They don't want to smoke. They know it's it's harmful yeah. to their health, it's gonna hold them back. And yeah. it just, you know, looking at at this number, it's like within a couple of years, there's gonna be a graduating class that just doesn't have any interest in cigarettes and probably not nicotine.
3: Yeah, and, and this is the and and this is the uh, the argument against vaping, um, that, that kids are, are gonna become smokers. Where in fact it's going in the opposite direction. And and the evidence, you know, that that that's CDC data. It's it's very, it's official and very clear. Um, so you know it's really criminal i think and unethical unscientific that, that they just ignore that and continue with their their narrative you know people don't change their minds easily um, they just created a
2: different they just created a different problem instead of it being a smoking yeah. problem they turned it turned into a tobacco problem and now they have to turn it into a nicotine problem so they yeah. can lump all the vaping and everything yeah. in there yeah. so now the rates Jump back up again, and and it's a, it's a nicotine problem. We can't have people, but they still push that the reason nicotine use is bad is because it will inevitably lead to smoking.
3: Yeah, even it which does, and and in itself, it's relatively benign. I mean, as as we know, it's not nicotine is not the toxic chemical in tobacco, and and its health effects in the doses we're using are are, are very small. And there's a lot of evidence now that. We, we we're not worried about nicotine is just a mild recreational stimulant with some actually with some positive and very useful effects you know it does improve concentration and memory and mm-hmm. keeps your weight down helps with mood and anxiety and it's great for people with schizophrenia and adhd there's lots of benefits um, i'd really like to to carry on that point right there really quick because
0: we're starting to see campaigns here in the u.s arguing that that nicotine and vapor products are actually causing uh you know or leading to or exacerbating mental illnesses like anxiety and depression and things like that what are you what are your thoughts on on all of that
3: well i i think this is just a desperate argument to demonize nicotine um you know the evidence shows very clearly that nicotine reduces anxiety it improves mood in, in the short term uh, if you've got if you've got it improves concentration and memory they say oh the kids they can't concentrate and they it's affecting their their schooling in fact it's actually good for cognition it does help you to focus uh, helps short-term memory find motor skills there's good evidence for that when you separate it from all the poisons in tobacco um, people with schizophrenia who have cognitive deficits if you give them nicotine they really improve and they tell you this um, if they stop smoking one of the reasons they smoke so heavily is to get that nicotine adhd in kids uh, if you've got adhd as a kid you're much more likely to smoke because you're getting the stimulant effect uh, of of nicotine like you would from ritalin and and it works and and i've had many patients tell me that 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 that, that's helped them uh, with their adhd Um, uh, helps to prevent Parkinson's disease. It's good for ulcerative colitis. Uh, There are lots of benefits uh, for kids and adults. Now, I'm not saying people should start using nicotine for those conditions, but if you're a smoker who's switching, you know, there are benefits that you will get.
1: I think there's an interesting angle to that is, and one of the first times I heard anybody talking about nicotine and ADHD was Um, a mom who was in a booth next to me at a trade show in Detroit and she had her own e-liquid company and they were there of course you know selling their products and we got to talking and she pointed over at her son who was 16 years old and she said he was on you know really heavy medication for attention deficit disorder Mm -hmm. and he didn't like it and it wasn't it didn't make Mm -hmm. him feel good it wasn't necessarily helping it was a little bit too much And so Mm. he tried vaping and he was Mm. able to discontinue using Mm. the the medications, Mm. which are expensive and very powerful. Uh, And, and he's, you know, he's able to function normally. He's going he's, he's, you know, he's having a decent time in school. And so I I think, you know, yeah, there is that tendency, I think, to, to say like, no, we're we're not encouraging anybody, any nicotine naive people to take these products up. But Mm. I I kind of, uh, I I have to wonder, you know, is there an argument there for, people using a mild stimulant like nicotine in lieu of paying hundreds of dollars Mm, a month for mm. some sort
3: of heavy medication. Mm, Yeah. And and with fewer side effects. Now look, there is, and I think there is research on these, these, the use of nicotine in these conditions. It need, we need more, but you know, it's hard to get that research done because we know how poisonous nicotine is. And and there's this. And addictive. Horrible. Yeah. It's shocking. Uh, So, you know, it's hard to get, to get, studies done to show that nicotine is helpful but the research so far is very supportive and I think your, your story is is very typical I hear that all the time uh, I have patients who said who said just that that they've stopped their Ritalin and they, because they found that nicotine worked better and they didn't have the side effects they were having before it's very common and they function much better it improves their life
2: two of my kids have ADHD. Um, one is also autistic and she, she does fine on the medication, very, very low dose. And she's only 15. So obviously she's not going to be using any kind of nicotine products, but my older son, um, he's in his mid twenties, late twenties now. And, uh, he's always found that the medications just did not, they made him feel foggy and, and, and not good at all. And I mean, stimulants tend to help, you know, and, 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 but, Nicotine's this weird balance of it's a it's both a calming thing and a stimulant, yeah. and, and it yeah. works very strange that it, way. It's
3: interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. But you know, you don't have to use vaping. You can use lozenges, of course, True. for nicotine. So True. I mean, which is actually better because they're they're purer not and they haven't got anything. the other ingredients. Yeah, not, not that the other ingredients are terribly harmful, but th- that's another alternative for people. Well, my diabetes. son
2: was. My son was smoking. He was in the restaurant industry. So he was, yeah. he was, he did switch from smoking. So, so we're mm-hmm. good with that. But we do yeah, have yeah, one yeah. question about actually with nicotine mm-hmm. in there. Uh, he's, Philip's asking again, in general, would you say your patients who quit smoking using vapor products exhibit less acute nicotine dependency relative to when they were still smoking cigarettes?
3: Oh, yes. Well, well there's good research to support that. There's a whole lot of studies that show that, you know, when you measure nicotine dependence by by withdrawal symptoms, by various um, questionnaires, um, by, by just patient self-assessment, that nicotine addiction is, is less, nicotine dependence is less. And that's because there are chemicals in tobacco smoke that enhance the addiction of nicotine, which are the monoamine oxidase inhibitors mainly and, and others, but also nicotine delivers is delivered more quickly from a cigarette, and it's that speed of delivery that enhances the addiction. So there's, there's lots of reasons why, but there's no question that people find it easier to quit vaping when the time comes, if they choose to, than they do from smoking because of all that. And there are a lot more behavioural rituals associated with smoking that make it harder to give up. You still have some with vaping, but less. So, yes, it's definitely a less addictive behaviour.
2: And like you said there's it's not just the nicotine. I mean they want they always want to blame the nicotine but I know and this is a story our, our our audience is very familiar with is my husband and I both switched to vaping at the same time. Once I got a flavor I liked, I was good to go. Mm. I was fine. I was a hand mouth person. That's my mm, thing. Mm, I, mm, you know, mm, so it doesn't really matter if I have high nicotine or low nicotine. I vape the same amount. So I do low nicotine because it I don't get woo, <laughs> yeah. get a little uh you know it can make you a little um Sometimes nauseous or something if you get it too much. But my, yeah. anyway, my husband, right? My mm-hmm. husband, um, no matter what we did, we had super high levels of nicotine. We had mm. he was a menthol smoker, so we put a ton mm. of menthol in it. We tried all these mm. things, and he just felt something was missing, and he couldn't give up the smoking. Mm. And mm. once he started using Snus, which you know is mm. going to have some of those yep. other nicotine-like yep. things, mm. yeah, it has yep. alkaloids in it. Um, he, fine. He, he was exactly. able to give up the cigarettes because it was those alkaloids. So this whole idea yeah. that it's just the nicotine that people yeah. are dependent on is a myth. And I think yeah. that also that's a thing that the the anti-tobacco people have been pushing all along is that it's not that it's giving you any benefit. You're just trying to feed the addiction. And they just yeah, completely exactly. deny that we're getting any benefit out of it all. Yeah, And, and yeah. the only reason we want it is because we're addicted, which, of course, doesn't explain why we kept going back to it before we were addicted you know because we weren't addicted from the first one we had so clearly there was a reason we went "Hmm, that's nice you know
3: it's enjoyable and and people should be allowed to enjoy themselves if they're not harming anyone else um so that's one reason people do it but you mentioned the level of nicotine in your device Mm -hmm. so it doesn't really matter how much nicotine you have in the device so what your brain will yeah yeah but but your brain will titrate your brain will say well that's enough for me so if you're using a strong nicotine product your brain will say well after a few puffs that's enough i'm feeling a bit nauseous or it's giving me what i want if you're using a low strength product you'll use it more until your receptors say hang on we've got enough now so it doesn't actually matter
2: I'm kind uh, of the exception to that rule, and I have find there's other people. The only reason I know this is because I buy the same size bottle every time, and if I got a yeah. bottle of three milligram, it would take me a week to use it up. If I got a yeah. bottle of six milligram, it would take me a week to use it up. So I was going through the same amount in the same time period, but with higher nicotine, and I realized it was because I'm doing this, and uh, and right. and and so it's like and i and I'd wonder why i was like not being able to sleep as well at night or i was feeling a little jittery or um i'd get a little nauseous and i'm just like you know what mm. i'm gonna lower my nicotine because i one of the reasons is i went and i bought higher nicotine thinking i because liquid was starting to get really expensive now because mm. of all these the taxes mm. and the shipping mm. costs and stuff and so i would go to a higher strength thinking oh I'll vape less liquid. I'll go through less mm. liquid, spend less money, and then that way with a higher nicotine, and it didn't work out. That way. No. <laughs> I way. Yeah. as much. So for some people, it's it's yeah. that hand yeah. mouth. It's yeah. the it's the I blowing. Think, you're absolutely the, right.
3: Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. When they're the two the two main categories when I you know assess a, 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 a smoker for vaping or a vapor. You, some people don't need the nicotine. Mm-hmm. So for them, and maybe you, you don't need the nicotine at all, or maybe uh, a little bit helps you. I've gone to, yeah, I've a little gone to bit zero. Much.
2: That didn't work either. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people say that. that, that but, but, but for others, it's just the hand to mouth and the sensory and the social aspects, and, and that's all they need. So it is very individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but for most people who need nicotine, there there is a certain daily right. dose that they need right. um, to give satisfy their receptors. Right. And, uh, and it's a matter of working that out.
2: Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, that's the case, but I think I'm just one of those weird, and I, I still need my three milligram if I try to, and I've done zero because I've had to for insurance purposes for like a week or yeah. so. And it's super easy, you know, compared to if I just had to quit cold Turkey smoking or whatever yeah. for three weeks, doing it to zero, but still by the end of that, that time period, I'm like, okay, I've got my nicotine. Back. <laughs> you know, yeah. a
3: little bit yeah.
2: There is well, one.
3: People in, yeah. People enjoy their nicotine. It does have, yeah. have beneficial effects. So, uh, and I don't uh, it's not take, harming uh, you.
2: Yeah, I don't have to take antidepressants like my mom did. You know, um, yeah. Neff is asking. Well, he's making a comment, but kind of a question, saying, "I hear it's as safe as caffeine as far as nicotine, but I've never seen any evidence to back that up. I hope it's true because it's a nice comparison. Do you do you believe it's as safe as nicotine?
3: Yeah. Look, or is it uh, um,
2: okay, caffeine? Sorry,
3: It's caffeine? Look, um, yes, I haven't seen a lot of evidence. The Royal Society for Public Health in the UK says it's no worse than caffeine. So there are small effects of nicotine, you know, biologically it does put your blood pressure and your pulse up a little bit briefly. Mm -hmm. Um, It does, it does uh, increase the risk of having an irregular heartbeat in people who have heart disease. It does have an effect on, on blood sugar levels, but look, to be honest, they're they're really very mild. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's very similar to caffeine. I don't, you know, there aren't major concerns about, uh, using nicotine uh, at, at the doses that we're talking about. So, no, I haven't seen a lot of comparisons. I mean, I've certainly read repeat reports of experts saying it's no different. More people are addicted to caffeine than they are to nicotine, not addicted, dependent on caffeine globally than they are to nicotine. Um, and there was an article by Carl Fagerstrom about that. He was looking at um, dependence, popular dependence forming drugs. And he said, well, Nicotine, caffeine is the most widely used dependence-forming drug in the world, and no one's worried about that. But nicotine, which is very similar, uh, everyone jumps up and down about. And really, yes, I think the different there are very small differences.
2: Other than uh, the delivery sure. system. If we had been smoking tea, we'd yeah. be having an epidemic of heart disease and stuff from the smoke yeah. from tea. Yeah. You know, it's just exactly. the delivery system.
0: Exactly. Sure. And we, we glorify caffeine, though. You know, yeah. uh, how many how many people do you see with coffee mugs that say, you know, don't yeah. talk to me without my first yeah. cup of coffee or, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, you know, coffee shops and corporations yeah. have, have, you know, kind of capitalized on this glorification of a, of yeah. this, this need for caffeine. Uh, never in my life have I seen a coffee mug or a, a lighter or something that said, don't talk to me before my nicotine or something like that. Yeah. I just find that yeah. that kind of dichotomy of these two yeah. molecules that are, yeah. are are essentially so similar in the way our bodies treat them and react to them, they're both very, you know, mm. kind of short-acting, dependence forming, mild central nervous stimulants. But yet one we have that is so widely globally accepted, yeah, and then we have one that is so demonized. Yes. And and I think and that it's a like really that. good point. Had we been, you know, smoking tea or or yeah, I don't know, boofing coffee beans or something like that. It would have been a whole different argument there. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, it, look at been, moms with their glasses of wine, and everybody thinks it's just so cute. Sure, you know,
3: yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Nicotine's been demonized for decades, and it's still misunderstood by lay people and by medical experts. I mean, there was that recent study in the US that found that over 80% of doctors. Uh, strongly felt that nicotine causes cancer, heart disease and lung disease. I mean, we've just developed this perception about nicotine because it's been associated with smoking and it's collected all the the negative views based on on that when actually it's just one small part and a relatively uh, benign part.
2: And now, they're, uh, I, now I think they're intentionally doing it. Because they know the smoking going down that they need another villain, and now they're yeah. reinforcing that. And so even with things like the uh, the very low nicotine uh, cigarettes, people are like, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea because nicotine's so yeah. bad." You know, yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex, you were starting advice.
2: to say something.
1: Yeah, well, I, a couple things, and and I I, I may be changing the subject, uh, moving along here, uh, mm-hmm. but also I that that 80 percent of, of clinicians, I, I think, or doctors. Mm-hmm. Believing that yeah. nicotine causes cancer. I think that's gone up. The first time uh, I had heard kind of a shocking mm-hmm. number about doctors that believe uh, nicotine causes cancer was at uh, FDLI in, in DC. And I think Mitch Zeller actually uh, had talked about this and, and that this is a huge problem and we need to correct these misperceptions. Uh, And I think it Mm. was like 40 or 60% at that point, which is obviously Mm. still a very Mm. shocking number. Mm. But if we're up to 80 now, that we are obviously going in the wrong direction. I don't think so. I
2: think that's actually the other way around because I did see a study from February that said 80%. And then the one that just came out last week that she did that was talking about how physicians uh, whose patients talk to them are more likely to go on to recommend them. Uh, That Mm number is down to 60 now. Um, but only, yes, only 20% of physicians actually recommend vaping. <laughs> that, no. that's what well, that.
3: Th- that study was for people. When people ask their doctor about it, then they're willing to do something. But when you survey them about, is it risky? No, um, that survey study had from- that in
2: it too. That had that mm-hmm. in it too. It said, it said, uh, the doctor's survey actually said, they asked mu- multiple questions. Like, do you think it mm-hmm. causes, you know, do you think it causes cancer? Do you tell your patients about it? Um, but I, I can send you the link. It's
3: no, uh, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's, it's actually yeah. in
2: our last uh, our last newsletter. We there's mm. a new study that just came out, and they mm. they asked, uh, what's her name, Christine um, Dilnivo? Yeah, yeah. Her yeah. her most recent one asked yeah. all those yeah. questions. They, she, yeah. she talked yeah. about all that stuff. Yeah. So. but it's,
3: it's still a huge problem. I mean, even that is ridiculous. Yeah. Um. And and you know, amongst yeah, amongst lay people, uh, it's lie. also it's also very it's also very uh, widespread and and look that's been a problem for so long we i remember writing an article about 16 years ago with several other doctors about nicotine and saying which basically said does it cause all these problems and we decided no it doesn't cause cancer and it it's relatively benign and it doesn't cause all the problems that people are saying it does it's been demonized and uh, popular views are not based on the evidence and and that hasn't changed or maybe it's got it's got worse and or well, hopefully recently better, but still still, still know. very bad.
2: Did you say no. 80% believe tobacco, all tobacco products are equally harmful or that nicotine causes cancer? Nicotine. nicotine it was ca- about
3: nicotine. Okay, nicotine so, causes cancer. Okay.
2: So maybe 80% still believe nicotine because it's 60% of doctors say that all tobacco products are equally harmful. Oh, so I, I oh right. Harmful. Yes. Yes. My yes. Yes.
3: Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. I
2: want to get that out there. But before, <laughs> it
1: b- before it get lost, gets lost in chat, I said I was going to change the subject here. So I am mm-hmm. sort of getting back to that. Um, Philip Kirschberg brings up a, a, a bit of research that was recently published. Um, Dr. Carl Phillips and Marywell Glover um, published a paper, and I, I hope you've had a chance to read this or look at it, uh, Colin. Um, but uh, you know, we're, we are moving into kind of talking about the, the research here in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, essentially, I, I don't want to give the spoiler, but we, we really should talk about it because I think this is a pretty important um, study um, that, you know, what they are looking at was uh, the effect of sort of the initial shock of our Surgeon General's report in 1964, uh, which, of course, was two years after the Royal College, College of Physicians put their report out. Um, but that that initial shock of this new information that smoking is very harmful for you has actually been the only thing that has reduced smoking prevalence uh, since. And that um, maybe with, I think, I think maybe with the exception of taxation, uh, which does have an effect on people's buying habits, things get more expensive, people buy less of them. Um, that, that, but other than that, all of these campaigns all of the policies all of this stuff has really not moved the needle a bit and it's really just generation after generation passing the information along smoking is really bad for you and you should avoid it Uh, and 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 again it was sort of you know looking at the lines i'll put the graph back up here um or no that was a different slide that you had Uh, but you know comparing the the us new zealand and australia Um, You know, we have these, Australia has kind of a flat line. Uh, I'm sort of curious uh, about, you know, in Australia, do you have, does Australia have its own version of, uh, you know, our Surgeon General's report from the 60s or 70s where the public was suddenly shocked and and people, there was a steep
3: decline in smoking and a greater awareness of the harms? No, we didn't have an equivalent report like that. We relied on on the uh, Royal College of Physicians report. And, and and on the, the the Surgeon General report and we sort of accepted that. And yeah, we've had various studies ever since then. I mean the most recent study in two thousand and fifteen um from a, a, a major survey group in Australia found that um up to two in three Australians die from smoking, from long-term smoking who who smoke, up mm-hmm. to two in three long-term smokers, and and that the average life expectancy is ten years less. So in Australian data, we have that. But there's been no no extensive report until this latest one from the australian national university
1: and i guess you know leading into to kind of the the, the topic du jour which is this an anu report um you know before we get into that um i am i am personally concerned of, of that sort of similar effect happens happening in the opposite direction where mm-hmm. we get these reports and you know, in the pre-show yeah. you can you compared this actually you, you answered one of my questions was is this on the level of what we have here in the states of the the nasum the national academies of science mm-hmm. engineering and yeah. Meth- medicine yeah. um and so you, you know reports like that again there's a, that bit of it's not really a shock to people because people sort of suspect that these things are bad but um mm-hmm. you know I, I i there's a lot of concern and you know kristen uh you know uh, Pointed this out as something that will reverberate across the world. This this mm, ANU mm. report, uh, yes. and so uh, I, I don't know if I have a question here, or maybe you agree that you know this is yeah. something that that could cause sort of the opposite effect for public health and and mm. in people you know misaligning their perceptions uh, and, yeah. and and not choosing safer oh, products.
3: Yeah. Well, so, so what we're talking about is a report by the National Center for Epidemiology and Public Health at the Australian National University. Now, this was published just a couple of weeks ago. It was commissioned by the Department of Health, which is anti vaping. Um, Now, the problem with this is that when this was first commissioned, there were no terms of reference given. And people actually asked the minister, What are the terms of reference for this report? So, what are you actually looking for? And the minister, basically said in Parliament, well, there were no terms of reference. So basically what they've done is said, here's uh, three quarters of a million dollars, do us a report on vaping. Now, they may have given instructions and we don't know what they were and we've actually asked for a freedom of information to find out what their brief was. But what came out was basically a review of all the harms of vaping. Basically, they focused on, well, when, when someone vapes, what are the bad things that can happen? And the report fundamentally looks just at that. It also gathers together data about uptake of vaping by young people, uh, smoking cessation from vaping. But um, so, so the big flaw with this report is uh, there's no relative risk assessment. So in other words, yes, vaping caused someone to have a cough, but not... Well, but if someone stopped smoking, their cough went away. Um, and, and there was no assessment of the overall or net public health impact of vaping. So, you know, to the public, if, if, if vaping replaces smoking, what health benefits will we see? So, um, you know, that it was a complete waste of time as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it doesn't answer the questions that we need answered. Um so you know it looked at you know looked at heart disease the research on heart disease lung disease cancer and basically said oh look there's no real evidence that it improves these conditions now you know when you look at the toxicology of vapor from smoke compared to smoke or when you look at the studies so far that have been done the preclinical studies in laboratories and and the studies in humans there are clear benefits to people um, who, who make that switch uh, for all those conditions. But they, they just ignored all that positive evidence. Um, and, and I see what you've got up there is a, is a, re- a slide by uh, a report on from The Guardian. This was actually done by an epidemiologist and it actually wasn't too bad. He's a, um, a doctor from Australia and does, does do um, um, opinion pieces for The Guardian. And it, it actually was a reasonably balanced article uh, and he, he basically says, look, um, if you switch this to vaping, yes, it, of course it's better for you, but we're worried about what happens if you start up as a vapor, because there are all these ish all these issues, and if you're not already smoking, of course, you're taking on extra problems. So I think that was one of the better articles on vaping in Australia based on that report. It was the only relatively positive one. So what happened when this report came out was that there was a media blitz so there was there were articles in every media source. There were um, there was a shocking piece in the conversation, which even misrepresented it further. And it was very hard to get any response published. Uh, we had responses rejected, um, and uh, you know the the media has gone to town with this ANU report and has kind of taken their messaging and basically said, well, look at all the harms from vaping. Isn't this terrible? Hmm. Yeah, what a, lot, what a lot what a, a lot of good reported. for public health that does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only yeah. uh, if I can tell you a little bit more about the report, for example, it's it there was a report and a meta-analysis on smoking cessation, and they concluded that there's limited evidence that vaping is more effective than nicotine replacement. Um, I mean, they did a meta-analysis of randomised control trials uh, and they just based it on that and they looked at some other randomised control trials, but they, they kind of downplayed the Cochrane review, which I think gives fairly good evidence now, mm-hmm. moderate evidence and of a significant effect. Um, but what's most important is they didn't, we, we, what we call now, triangulate all the data, So in other words, they looked at randomised controlled trials, but they didn't consider all the evidence from observational studies, population studies, uh, the dramatic decline in smoking in in national national smoking rates, uh, the user experience, the anecdotes. And when you consider all that data, you get a very different picture. And as as, um, experts like Marcus Minarfo says, who's the editor of Nicotine and Tobacco Research, to make an assessment, you really need to look at all the evidence because some evidence has certain benefits and disadvantages, uh, but different types of evidence have different uh, different ways of looking at things, consider different effects and different advantages. And when you bring it all together, you get a much more accurate picture, which gives you more confidence in the result. And when you bring all that together and you use all the other good evidence, um, the real-world studies as well as the randomised controlled trials, clearly vaping is, is, yeah, that's, that's what
0: I was just going to say is, you know, you know, clinical trials and, and, and RCTs can, mm. can really kind of help us focus in on, on, uh, you know, nuanced parts of, of this whole, um, debate, this whole issue, mm. uh, but they don't always reflect or vice versa, you know, the real world effect of things. Yeah, um, exactly. And yeah. so, yeah, you know, it, it definitely makes sense that when we, when we pool
3: all of this data, yeah. That we see a different picture than than just. What and, we're and they didn't. And, and they didn't do now. that. They, they didn't do that at all. They didn't look at any of the other evidence. They gave it no credibility. And just last week, there was a paper published in Addiction by an Australian author, which of course got absolutely no publicity. But basically, they took our national survey data from 2019, which is our largest and official uh, survey study on vaping and on smoking, and. Um, they found that with 1600 smokers if you ask them who had tried to quit in the last 12 months and that was about half of smokers so they people want to quit those who tried vaping had twice the quit rate of those who had not tried vaping so i mean you know this is australian evidence it, you know, it's, it fits with what we see in the US and the UK. People who try to, to use vaping daily have much higher quit rates because they're probably the serious ones uh, who are trying to quit. But clearly the evidence is there. And and the people who the best quit rates, interestingly, were those who combined vaping with a, a smoke-free app, and uh, a mm-hmm. vaping app. They had triple the quit rates compared to people who used neither. So an app like Smoke Free, which is based in the UK, which is well well researched and validated. If you use an app like that with vaping, you've got an even better chance. But vaping was more effective than Varenicline NRT in this study, uh, and of course that wasn't. That, that has just come out to be fair, but it's typical of the sorts of population studies we're seeing.
2: If I remember correctly, but... it actually worked better. Vaping still worked best on its own, but worked even better with the app. Whereas the app by itself didn't really do anything, so it was almost like, you know, the the app was the icing on the cake. But if you took the app by itself, it didn't really do much good unless you had the vaping along. With, and that might have been a previous study. I don't know.
3: I'm not sure about that, but certainly the app and the vaping was the most yeah, effective it method. Was
2: the most effective. I mean,
3: there was a study. The study from the UK by the um, National institute of something or other i can't remember the name but it's it's officially it's the government government organization anyway they analyzed 171 randomized controlled trials of all the medications and they put pulled them together and did what's called a network analysis where you can compare different studies that don't individually compare uh one product to another but they said they found that vaping was the most effective monotherapy. So in all the trials that have been done, vaping works better than varenicline, NRT, and bupropion. Um, So, you know, I think to be arguing that vaping is not effective is is absurd. And we know the success rates with traditional treatments are very low. Uh, We know that about 8% of people, um, there was a meta-analysis by Laura Rosen from the US, Who looked at all the studies and she found that overall there was an 8% success rate from the randomized controlled trials and the clinical studies in a controlled environment. Um, So that's why we need vaping. We need something that works better. Sure. And I want to re-highlight here what Neff said um, just to kind of,
0: I guess, piggyback off of, um, you know, vaping along with the app. A lot of folks uh, who have who have quit with vaping say the exact same thing. Neff here said, "What really did it for me was vaping plus community." And mm. you know, although uh, you know, maybe the the sense of community isn't as formal uh, as a as a quit smoking app. It is it is that social support, um, mm. you know, mm. for that peer support, that group support, mm. that sense of community that encourages yeah. people. Um, that, that I'm a, a, a huge believer in in this yeah. community, um, and, yeah. and it's it's really um, I think that's one of the things we're losing a lot as these regulations go forward. At Ooh. least you know in my personal experience, the vape shop was my first vape community. That was the first place that I would go spend a lot of time in and, and have that support, see yeah. other people, hear other success stories, get that encouragement. Uh, and you know, here in the U.S., we're we're definitely losing a lot of vape shops. Um, mm. And in Australia, I'm I'm assuming that, that that sense of community, in-person community, has got to be um, suffering as well.
3: Yes, it is. Look, the vape industry is struggling at the moment. One of the reasons is the the disposables. So people are buying disposables, and they're not buying. They're coming into the vape shop saying, "I want to buy a nicotine disposable. Do you have them?" And they get dozens of these people a day, and they're not buying the regular vaping products. Um, there's also been COVID, so people, there's been less foot traffic sure, and yeah. all the restrictions based on the prescription. So, yes, right. vape shops are struggling, and it would be a disaster if we lost the vape shops because, as you say, they provide a great service. They give emotional support, encouragement. Uh, they validate vaping, and and w- we need them to support people. Yeah, you know, I I hear
0: from time to time, you know, across Twitter or whatever, you know, vape shops aren't doing anything all they do is sell products and that's it and Mm -hmm. and i know through personal experience and and the community at large knows through personal experience that Mm -hmm. a vape shop is so much more than just a retail location uh you know like you said it's a it's it very much is a service to the community uh you know that the people inside are 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 going to welcome you in and and help you embrace this this transition and this change and this switch uh to something much Mm -hmm. safer for you and and yeah. and that was my my first community was you know a vape shop uh just yeah. two blocks up the road from me uh which yeah. unfortunately due to all these these restrictions and covid and everything mm-hmm. else uh, mm-hmm. has since closed which was just a you know a knife through the heart but um yeah but yeah i mean that was that was the first that was really truly what did it for me and, and it was a, you know, I was able to go down. I mean, when I, when I first switched, it was almost a daily thing for me to visit the vape shop and, and yeah. talk about things and, and, um, you know, kind of talk shop, troubleshoot different products, mm. find the things mm. that I enjoyed and, and that sense of community mm. there and the stories that I would hear, you know, I would walk in and there would be, mm. uh, you know, a 70 a year old woman who had quit smoking yeah. two years ago with these mm. products and stuff like that. And it, it was yeah. just, it was just mind-blowing to me at the time. Yeah. And I just – the more I heard, the more I saw, the more I was there, the more it reinforced that I was doing the right thing.
3: Doing the right thing, yeah, yeah. And vape shop owners almost exclusively are former smokers who have exactly. just been blown away by their experience and they want to share it with other people. Yeah, It's very different to most commercial models. Yeah, you this know, idea it, it, that,
0: you know, vaping is just – this big tobacco ploy. Yeah. That it's just yeah. incumbent tobacco companies that that run yeah. the whole thing and and it, you yeah. know it, it it's really just it's really just the the worst false narrative, you know, yeah. that we yeah. could have it's, just, it's, it's just one of these so
3: that, yeah it's just one of these reasons that's used to block vaping because everyone hates big tobacco. But right the real reasons are, are different and and it's very hard to argue against, of course, although you you can if you have the evidence.
0: Now, I have I have a question for you before we move along. I can see Alex like eyeballing me right now, but um, you know, we had a discussion a while ago here about incumbent tobacco companies and uh, mm. and their involvement in harm reduction, in helping mm. to you know find solutions or or to solve the issues that. Um, You know, they are largely responsible for as far as, you know, smoking deaths and public health is concerned. Are you a believer that that incumbent tobacco companies do have a role to play in tobacco harm reduction or or if they should be shunned and set to the
3: sideline and ostracized as they've been? I hate tobacco companies as much as anyone. Um, But if they make a product that helps people to quit, I don't care who makes it, if it saves someone's life. Even if they make money from it, but they make a lot more money from cigarettes, and and really they've been forced into harm reduction. They, they didn't want to go there. They, yeah, it's not know. an ethical choice. It's a, it's a market. Yeah, that's right. It, as as um, Derek Yak wrote recently. You know, this is a commercial decision. Uh, you know, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. But look, from a public health point of view, it's obviously still. Uh, the right thing to do and our, our our goals align with theirs on that issue um, their biggest problem is finding a big enough um, wheelbarrow to get their money to the bank that's that, you know when you make cigarettes you know a packet of cigarettes in the us they make for 30 cents fully packaged and ready to go uh, they don't want to go into vaping they make much more money they're losing money from vaping so but they've been forced into it or they'll just lose all their customers and lose their business yeah and they're diversifying yeah. and PMI now 30% of their profits are derived from reduced risk products so they are transitioning PMI especially and bath also less imperial uh and altria but they are transitioning and and I think that's a good thing they can't just stop making tobacco everyone says oh, they should, if they really care, they should stop making cigarettes. They can't do that. They have shareholders. They have legal obligations. And I think what anti-vaping people are doing is supporting big tobacco by, by blocking their, their their transition and they're, they're encouraging smoking. So they'll go back to making cigarettes if vaping is not available. And that's it's ridiculous.
1: Sort of in the in the in the same vein of, of this discussion, um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'm putting you on the spot, but um, you know, here here in the states, uh, we have a lot of, you know, first of all, the blame game is being played, and 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 you know, leveling the 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 blame for uh, the manufactured youth vaping crisis at uh, Juul and and closed system yeah. products and, and the high nicotine yeah. pods. Um, and one of the compromises that we have seen crop up in state legislatures is this idea that vapor products should be prohibited from sale in convenience stores and gas stations uh, and only allowed in adult only establishments, which would be vape shops or on the off chance yeah. that there's a vaping uh, vending machine in a bar, um, that, that would be those would be the only places you'll find it. So I, I'm curious, you know, is the discussion in, stra- in Australia, uh going that direction of of saying that vapor products should only be sold in adult only establishments uh and also you know yourself how do you what do you think is the best way to do this is it is it necessary that we have vapor products right next to cigarettes in in the same places where they're sold
3: yeah look i i think vaping products should be available at least as uh, and at least as accessible as cigarettes. So I think they should be sold anywhere where age restrictions can be verified and enforced. So I can't see why they can't be sold in tobacconists, and I think that's a good thing because smokers will go in and they'll see the cigarettes, they'll see the vaping. That's where your target market is going to, going to be. So, yeah, I think they should be sold in tobacconists, pharmacies, anywhere they sell cigarettes. Um, I mean, cigarettes are far more dangerous and we, we give them a lot more of a free rein. And I think um, we need to make vaping products as easily accessible. Um, now, I don't know that most people wouldn't agree with that in Australia um, and they want to restrict uh, vaping products. But, you know, I, I think the fact that, e- that cigarettes are easier to buy when it's far more dangerous is absurd and we need to correct that balance.
2: I think part of the problem is, as you and Logan were talking, I was scrolling through one of the articles that I had come across about that that report out of Australia that was not so good. And Mm. um, it was from ABC, and I'll share that link in the Mm. the chat. Mm. But uh, that one, you know, and I don't know if you noticed when I was going through it, but it was basically the, um, you, you probably saw this one. And oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it had all the classics. I mean, it had formaldehyde, heavy metals, um, uh, poses yeah. a serious risk. Uh, global review. Let's see, uh, nicotine key ingredient, one of the most addictive substances known. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Young smokers who vape three times are likely to take up smoking. I mean, it had every trope, every cliche. Mm. I mean, everything mm. you can think of that. And this is what I saw. That and then and then down here it talks about. I forget who this guy was, but he says um, that we shouldn't we shouldn't be putting together policy based on piecemeal things. That uh, where is that now? Um, that uh, right here. He said this. It was important that health policy be made on the basis of large, comprehensive reviews like this, and not piecemeal evidence. And that's the thing that got me thinking. Mm. Oh my gosh, they're gonna treat this just like it was, you know, the Cochrane or or uh Health mm. England doing a review. Because I mean, if you go through it, and that's the one that I saw shared the most. Now like, I wasn't yeah. too thrilled with the Guardian one either, but that's the one I saw shared the most, and the one yeah. that made me go, okay, people are gonna see this and go, Oh, this is perfect. We're gonna use this everywhere. I don't care yeah. if it's from out of Australia. And sure enough, it's exactly. been spreading. So and they even talk about volley in it. I mean, everything.
3: Yeah. Uh, Look, we have heard reports of, from other countries that are saying, look, this will be a useful update to, the, to NASM, the NASM report. So that was now several years ago. This is an official Australian report. Uh, we can use this as our reference. And other countries are talking about that, and that's what I'm worried about. But, I mean, you mentioned a couple of the issues. They say here that there's conclusive evidence that um, e-cigarettes can cause EVALI. I mean, that is absurd. They say that there's conclusive evidence that e-cigarettes cause seizures, which is absurd. Uh, they say there's strong evidence that vaping is a gateway for youth. It's That's just, absurd.
2: It so it,
3: it, it's so awful. It's so awful. And because the government commissioned this report and it's from a respected university department, unfortunately people are going to say, well, you know, w- what would Kristen know? Professor Banks has said this and uh, she's an expert. So, you know, that's why this is so bad and that's why we are writing a critique of this report with the evidence. But, you know, getting that published is is another matter. It's it's very hard. The medical journals in Australia won't touch it. Um, So we're going to look at ways to get this published to challenge some of this... Uh, the adolescent brain. Here's another one. Uh, you know, it, the the it, it, nicotine harms the adolescent brain, produces cognitive harm and memory problems. Uh, when really, that's only in rodents. And if I can just show you one of my slides, this one here.
2: Sure.
3: If you want to just show up this slide now. Oh. Yeah, I, I think I think one thing that's very clear is that mice should not vape. Yep. <laughs> Um, we, we know we know from the research that it is harmful, but there is no evidence in humans that vaping uh, nicotine is harmful to the human adolescent brain, and and to extrapolate from mice to humans is is entirely speculative.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: and, and often those sorts of preclinical studies are quite wrong when you come to humans. And there's no evidence from the millions and hundreds of millions of people who smoked that later in life they get you know, brain problems or cognitive problems compared to people who didn't smoke. So, right. you know, there's no epidemiological evidence, but if you're a mouse, the evidence is very clear.
2: Did you actually yeah. see the cover of our uh, our blog post this week actually has our version of that one, which is, uh, I, I can show it to you. <laughs>
3: okay.
2: Our, we have, it's, you're going to laugh because it's very similar. Um, I got to find it though first. will uh,
1: get there before you...
2: You might.
0: Oh, it's a race. It's a rat race. Ba-doom-ts.
2: I have the.
0: No, that wasn't good. All right. Well, I tried.
1: <laughs> Did my best here, guys.
2: Mine. Did my best. are you? Do you have it, Alex?
1: I think I. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm there. Hold on. Okay.
2: You I pull put yourself it up on
1: my other. Other monitor.
2: This is our. This is our version. I've kept this because I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. You got it.
3: Yeah, but, a, I'm but I'm not a people. I'm not a people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and a, there is a lot of research to show that these preclinical findings in mice do not translate to people. You know, in these studies, they often use high doses, uh, chronic doses over a long period of time, and and mice are more sensitive to nicotine. We know that, uh, that uh, than humans. So to draw that conclusion, it's a long bow. And that recent article by balfour and warner that you might you'd know about the srnt presidents i mean their argument was that this is purely speculative Uh. Um, yeah you can't draw that conclusion
0: there's also just so many issues with with rodent studies in general um just just given you know the the problems with with these rodents that are um you know, prone to cancers and prone to diseases mm, yeah. that are inbred that are, yeah, you know, all yeah. sorts of issues. Yeah. Um, and then when, you know, we, we, you know, pump their cages full of vapor and we, we, you know, yeah. burn heating elements and all of these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, 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 and then yeah. we say, look how conclusive the evidence is, yeah, you know, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's really just, it, it, it's really just it's really just awful in general. Yeah. it doesn't paint
3: any kind of a clear picture. No, that, you know. it's 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 very misleading. But the anti-vaping brigade lap it up, mm-hmm. and uh, sure. and they get away with it because yeah. there's there's at, a fish, at some level there's a lot of support for that.
2: Well, when your uh, paper comes out, we'll be sure to share it far and wide through <laughs> and I'm sure Danielle yeah. will put it up on uh, up on our website as well. But um, and I, you mentioned before. Uh, you're hoping that consumers might step up a little more in Australia. So yeah. like our ending question, I think, today was our, was talking about what can consumers do. What do you? What can we do to help people like you? What can we do to help ourselves, uh, both yeah. in Australia and around the world? What would you like to see happen?
3: Yeah. Look, I, I think at the end of the day, this is a political issue, and, and I think we need to the, the consumers need to make their voice heard to the policymakers. So, um, Maybe we vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we vote. We vote exactly, and I think I think every every vapor needs to contact their local um, congressman in your country, um, and and say, look, this is a really important to me, and here is an issue to me, and here is my story. Um, I think I think that the media is hostile to vaping. I think we need to whenever there's an opportunity to go on to talkback radio, write letters to the editor, and through the media spread the message. Um, and I think groups like CASAR and 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 uh, the, the the trade industry in organisations need to be really active and smart about the way that they do it in terms of strategy and and uh, uh, in, in, uh, government relations and policy, um, uh, reaching out to to um, uh, the, the, the 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 policy makers. So yeah, I, I think I think you know we can't even argue about the evidence because they just don't. It just goes nowhere
2: yeah.
3: Uh, uh, and and I think, but I think what counts is, am I going to be voted in at the next election? I remember when um, the president of the American Taxpayers Association, I just can't think of his name. Um, Grover, Grover Norquist. Norquest. Gro Grover was out here in Australia and he said to us that um, we talked to him about this and he said, look, when we reach a critical mass of enough voters, then, who vape, then we will get uh, an impact. He reckoned 20 million, which is still a fair way off. But there are lots of voters and families uh, Mm -hmm. and friends of of, of vapors uh, who who, uh, would make that number up. But the more vapors there are, and it's just growing, you know, you can't stop it. Even in Australia, every vapor I speak to says, yeah, look, my brother now vapes, or my friends, I've talked them into vaping. It's just... Work so people do it, and the numbers will increase, and there'll be a point where they can't ignore it anymore.
2: And I think that's you one of the things that
3: back in the bottle.
2: Yeah, that's one of the things that Casab. We've said many times is that one of our goals was just to keep things going long enough to get enough vapors that exists that you can't deny it anymore. And I think I think we are yeah. to that point. We've gotten you know. I got a, an email Kassar did the other day of somebody who was in panic and said. You know what's going to happen and we're going to vaping's going to go away we should stop telling people about what's happening we should keep this a secret so they don't take it away from us and it's like well it's a little late yeah. for that said, yeah. but we, have no, to keep, no. we have to it's... keep fighting and you but at this point vaping's not going anywhere it's just a matter of keeping it accessible and affordable yeah. and appealing yeah. to people yeah but exactly. we have a huge fight i saw that campaign for tobacco-free kids just in i think colorado alone or was it denver i forget where it was spent almost mm. Uh, I think it was $180,000 and had 10 hmm. lobbyists just in this one, you know, for this yeah. one bill. And I thought, yeah. we don't even have that for a year, you know, for right. a yeah. year, yeah. it seems like, you know. So it's it's funny because what we're going up against, yeah. we have to use our voice because we don't have the money. Yeah, exactly.
3: I've got a great quote in my book, which I might just read to you. It says, the Nobel Prize winning physicist Max Planck made the following depressing observation he said a new scientific truth doesn't triumph by convincing its opponents and making them see the light but rather because its opponents eventually die and a new generation grows up that's familiar with it yeah, I've seen that. so that is depressing <laughs> so but um you know you know being realistic uh you're not going to have convince, to outlive the uh,
2: opposition
3: <laughs> matt myers is not going to suddenly come round and see the light
2: no yeah no
1: yeah, dying, dying off saves them from having to, you know, backpedal and justify exactly. all the years. of. Exactly. Yeah. It, you yeah. know, it
0: is kind of a good way to turn all of this uh, on the opposition's head because they kind of just want all of us to die off. But we yeah. know that vaping is going to far outlive yeah. all of yeah. them as well. So I guess I guess yeah. there's some there's some, you know, some yeah. karma on our side there or something yeah. along She's those lines. The
2: Hey, we've but, outlasted yeah. like glance is now retired and yeah, um, yeah. what's his face from the FDA. He's not going to be gone. You know, so I mean, slowly, but surely we're just going to you know, outlast
3: him. If, we, if we live long enough, we might, we might yet see vaping become, yes you know, acceptable.
2: And you mentioned in Australia that there's possibly a consumer group that might be sort of.
3: Yeah, there is a group forming and, uh, it's going slowly, and I'm not sure what's happened to it recently. But you know, we realise we need one. Uh, we don't have a trade group in Australia, mm. so you know, you just don't have that lobbying power like like uh, you know the, the the Cancer Council and the Heart Foundation, the AMA, who have the voice of the media. And uh, unfortunately, that's the only story they hear. Sure. Uh, so yeah, you need we need that, and we work, we're working on that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I know that there are some,
0: some incredible advocates down in Straya. I know there's a number of them here in, in chat right now. Uh, so, so, you know, I'm, I don't know. I, I, guess I'm, I'm always encouraged by, by folks like, like, uh, like Adam, uh, like Paul, who's here in chat as well. So I definitely encourage, uh, as many folks down there to, to just be as loud as possible. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, that, that's, that's what we are here at Kasai. you know, we're, we're just a real big megaphone really, yeah. um, for, for all of our members, for, for all of the consumers here in this, in this country, uh, to just be loud, to just finally be heard, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to, to take it from from the 80s and, and you know, the disability rights movement, uh, one of my, my favorite mantras is nothing about us without us. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, it, it rings true in, in so many yeah. you know, areas, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, smoking and tobacco policy or, or the broader uh, drug policy and, and drug harm reduction movement as well. Um, you know, we all deserve to have that voice and to be mm-hmm. loud and to be heard and to have a seat at the table and be represented mm-hmm. where we often are not. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. a fan of a lot of the folks down there in Australia. And, um, and I'm just inspired by uh, by how loud those people are. And I, I yeah. hope they're able to bring more people into that fold and that that consumer advocacy movement there can can just continue to grow uh, yeah. so people there can have voices as well.
2: And I'm all the more yeah. impressed that they're in our chat, knowing after working with Colin, what time it is there. <laughs> <So> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Showing
2: up for our yeah. show. So you guys, oh, my Lord.
0: <laughs> well, I know Adam never sleeps, so he I know that start. that's why he's here. Uh, Speaking
2: of sleep, we should probably let Colin go get his finally. So we've already kept yeah, about a half yeah, hour. Absolutely. See, Colin, I told yeah, you, I you, get, a- you get talking with us, and it's kind of hard to, you know, you lose yeah, track yeah, your time. Yeah, there's so
3: much to say. No, it's yeah. been really, it's been really helpful, and, and I hope it helps to. We need to keep talking about these issues and and working out the best way to move forward. But I, I'm optimistic. We'll definitely. There's no way you can put this genie back in the bottle, and. Uh, you know, even though the FDA and uh, um, Matt Myers and others are trying, um, yeah, it makes it a lot harder. But, you know, it's just such a no-brainer. Uh, and I wish you luck in your fight in the US. I mean, it's great to see the progress you've made, but it's just a little bit scary that they're really trying to um, shut things down. And But, you know, in the end, I'm sure we will win if we live long enough.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> okay, yes, well, he Colin, so much.
0: hero of early morning show. Oh. <laughs> yes. okay. You should see me when I'm
3: awake, <laughs> <laughs> it's even more of a powerhouse, yeah. Okay, well, look, well, thank, thank you so you. much for having me yeah. on. It's thank been you. lovely thank you. talking to you, and uh, I wish you all the best in in your um, yeah, in your struggle.
2: <laughs> we'll definitely have oh, to have you back again, definitely have to have you back. Very
3: again. nice, and don't Bye. forget. Stop smoking, start vaping. Yes, yes. Yep,
2: the link oh, is in the book. description. Yeah, there it is, right there. Oh, oh. Thank
3: you, thank you, okay. All, <laughs> All right. right, thanks guys, thanks nice, God. nice to meet you. Yeah, thank bye you.
2: bye now.
0: So, <laughs> two things real quick before we move on. We need to explain the Church of Our Lord and Vapor to Logan. I don't know what this means. I don't know what this means, but you're welcome to explain it to me. Uh, And real quick, you tagged me on Facebook. I'm like the worst person to tag on Facebook ever. because I don't get on Facebook. I log into my Facebook once a week to pull this this link for this stream to put into our SoundCloud description. And then I run and I run (laughs) as fast as I possibly can. Yeah, that was a fantastic conversation with with Colin. I'm I'm really happy that he he was able to to climb out of bed and and join us for this, and I hope he's able to get some more sleep. But that's uh that's our that's your cue, Alex. Are you ready? Is everyone else here ready for a little bit of legislation? Go for it. Do the thing. Okay, do let's the- do the thing. Did that play weird for everybody else or just me?
1: No, seemed fine I didn't to know it. me.
0: Okay, cool. It's just me then. Carry on. What do we have? What do we have this week? What do we need to keep our eyes and ears on here, Alex?
1: Uh, well, as I, I mentioned, kind of at the top, uh, you know, a lot of the same stuff here. Um, so in Oregon, uh, just gonna keep bringing this up. I owe Washington County an email blast. Um, uh, but, uh, repealing the flavor ban is moved to a ballot initiative, or referendum, uh, and, uh, the election is May 17th. So coming up in a couple of weeks here, um, uh, folks in Washington County, Oregon are going to have the opportunity to support a referendum that will repeal the flavor ban. Uh, it also undoes some other uh tobacco regulations i expect something like this to meet some pretty heavy resistance um and there's a limit on what casaw can do to promote this um so this is just for information purposes uh there is a ballot initiative and uh washington county oregon folks should be aware of it um let's see i have a a new fangled set up here so uh forgive me while i'm uh getting my my bearings yeah, um, I got a new monitor you guys I did I got He's a new still monitor. figuring it out still still getting it well I have I have the screen up here in front of me and then I have one of my old monitors down here which is why I'm looking down so apologies if that's weird um <clears throat> what oh, sure. did I say you kept looking over at it yeah I knew I knew the dog was gone today yeah no it's just my weird new setup um did I say Colorado no I said Hawaii Um, Hawaii, uh, we're still, um, it's it's still waiting to see what is happening with. Oh wait, I'm not scrolling on the wrong screen. Uh, HB 1570 is still an issue, I believe, um, and it's moving to a conference committee. So if you are in Hawaii, this is your last chance to get your emails and phone calls in to lawmakers before they make a decision about this. Uh, Same update as last week.
2: Alex, was that somebody posted about Hawaii in the chat much earlier in the show about it passing some things passing in the Senate? Or do you know what they're talking about? Or is this what you're talking about when they when it moved out of committees? It just
1: yeah. So the this is the process, and and, I, and forgive me for not being totally up to snuff on how Hawaii passes legislation. Um, I'll, all I know is that there's a bunch of committees involved. Um, so it, it, it doesn't appear to be kind of the same thing that we're accustomed to uh, in legislatures on the mainland, uh, which is that, you know, before going to the governor for a signature, it goes to some sort of a floor vote. Uh, <laughs> joint committees tend to sort of be the decision makers for the entire legislature sometimes. And so that's, as, as I understand it, perhaps this is what they're talking about has passed through that joint committee and is now going to a conference committee and the conference committee will have the final vote on whether or not this goes on to the governor for their signature. Um, so that's where we're at. It's still waiting uh, for the conference committee and uh, the decision is expected this coming week. Uh, so, uh, again, if you are in Hawaii, this is the time if you haven't already, even if you have sent your messages in. Uh, take advantage of uh, the, you know, our platform and uh, uh, get your messages in. Uh,
2: Yeah, Christy says it passed the Senate, but that's the Senate committee it passed.
1: I believe so. And that was a joint committee. So it was, um, and we have these in uh, kind of the latest updates and um, uh, uh, history. Uh, It was a consumer protection I forget what the acronyms is, and the Ways and Means Committee. So these two committees together passed it, and then it goes on to the Conference Committee, um, which I believe is made up of both representatives from House and Senate. Um, and and then they will have the kind of the final say. Um, so I, I the word that I got from someone in Hawaii was that we are expecting some sort of decision this week. Uh, and I, I haven't checked back on it to see if they got that done by Friday. It's entirely possible. So um, I'll double check that. But as far as I know, it's still a good opportunity for people to reach out to your lawmakers. And as Colin mentioned, uh, you know during the regular podcast, um, you know, always take these opportunities to contact your lawmakers. And through our system, uh, you know, you're not stuck with what we've written here. We know that your story is your story and it has uh, it has meaning, it's impactful. And so by all means, if you want to delete what we have written here and just share your story with your lawmakers, by all means, please do that. They need to hear, you know, what you've experienced, (coughs) Uh, excuse me. So, uh, that was Hawaii. Uh, I am going to, I feel like I'm, what did I, what else did I say? I said like four things at the beginning, right? Or we got Washington, Oregon, Hawaii, Colorado, Colorado is still. Um, I don't think that we've had, oh yeah, Alaska, Alaska, Alaska. Um, let's see, uh, HB 1064 is still an issue. Uh, this is not out of the house yet. Um, but this did receive a bunch of amendments and, uh, I don't know that I have all of them in here, uh, but, uh, there were a lot of exemptions for basically everything except for vapor. Uh, and why would that be, might you ask? Uh, because the vapor industry and the vapor community doesn't have the money for all of the lobbyists that showed up in Colorado. Uh, and so, of course, you know, the hookah people, the cigarette people, the cigar people, the pipe people, uh, they all have their, their uh, well-heeled lobbyists and were able to get themselves exemptions. Uh, and I don't know that, I mean, you know, seriously, in spite of the uh, heroic efforts of Amanda Wheeler, uh, again, we are all very much underfunded in this fight. So um, I'm not entirely sure on what the, uh, this heavily amended bill is going to look like if it gets out of the house. Um, but all of that to say, the flavor ban in Colorado is still an issue. So just like Hawaii, take the opportunity to contact your lawmakers. Um, Alaska, let's see, because there was a couple of updates for Alaska and I owe you guys an email. Um
2: I was doing there are, in Colorado.
1: There are two meetings coming up this week in Alaska for H uh, I'm sorry, SB forty five. Uh and again, this is another bill that has been really amended. Uh what was originally a 75% wholesale tax and a flavor ban has now been uh reduced to a forty-five percent wholesale tax, and that's on everything liquid and devices. Uh and so CASA is still opposed to this. Uh, obviously, a step in the right direction, getting rid of the flavor ban, uh, but uh, the extra taxes on vapor products are not really justifiable, uh, and certainly not when uh, all of this other very heavy regulation is going on. So Cassava uh, remains opposed to this extra tax on vapor products, and you should too. Uh, so take the opportunity and reach out to your lawmakers in Alaska. These hearings will not be accepting public testimony as far as I know, uh, but making phone calls uh, sending emails—it's absolutely vital, and your your officials need to hear from you. Um, so take this opportunity and get that done. Uh, and so the the hearing the meeting dates are up here on our call to action. You can check all that out, and of course send your message. The final stop on real, our real quick uh, just just for the sake of podcast listeners, what are those uh, dates? They are Wednesday, April twenty seventh. Uh, That is at 3.15 p.m. in the House Commerce and Labor Committee. Uh, The next one is going to be Friday, April 29th in the House Finance Committee at 1.30 p.m. Awesome. Cool. So, uh, as I was saying, uh, the final stop on our whirlwind legislative tour is going to be Connecticut. Uh, I don't know that we've – I guess we've talked a bit about Connecticut. We've had this engagement up for a while now. Uh, and let's see, yeah, we've had it up since, uh, oh, mid-March, that's, I think that's an update, Um, but this SB, is it SB? SB 367 has been sort of on the table for probably a year now, uh, and it is getting some movement, uh, but it uh, went through the Committee on Finance, Revenue, and Bonding, and there were some amendments that got adopted, and so what the sort of what the bill looks like now is no longer a a blanket flavor ban, but, uh, sales of vapor products are restricted to adult only establishments, which is what we were talking about with Colin briefly. Um, and I know, and I've seen some tweets about this, you know, whenever we see this sort of compromise, uh, in, in legislation, a lot of our, our vapor community members feel that this is great. Um, and we've seen, You know, the uh, folks in Canada lobbied in favor of of this type of regulation where convenience stores were not allowed to sell vapor products, which absolutely goes against. All the principles that we're fighting here, we want these products in front of people who smoke and they need to see it in the same places where they buy cigarettes. Um, And so I'm not totally clear on the nuances here, whether or not tobacco flavors would be allowed in convenience stores, certainly that's not good enough either Um, but. CASA uh, remains opposed to this. We urge you to share your opposition to this. Uh, vapor products need to be sold widely, the same places where cigarettes are sold. And of course, yes, we need them sold in vape shops too. Um, that's where, as, as Logan was discussing, I have discussed, Kristen has brought, we have all had these experiences of being a part of the community when we go to vape shops. Very, very important. You don't get an experience at a 7 um, So uh as much as we support vaping in vape shops we also support it in convenience stores uh and so that is where um uh the connecticut bill is now uh and um i don't have word on the next meeting or hearing or or where this goes next uh it is with the uh legislative commissioner's office at the moment so i imagine it's either getting another committee assignment or possibly going to a floor vote uh and and we're just not done opposing it yet so uh if you're in connecticut send your messages let them know that these products need to be on the shelves right next to cigarettes uh and so that they can compete head to head and help people switch to something safer
2: i mean you could say it's better than nothing but you could say the same thing about having a prescription requirement is better than nothing. I mean, at what point are you going to draw the line at what's better than nothing? And like you said, it should be, it should be everywhere. And and it's getting harder and harder for some vape shops to even stay open and carry stuff. So if they, if it ends up, that they limit everything to over 21 stores, but those over 21 stores can't get any product, but the, the product's getting, people don't understand the product gets to the, the, um, the convenience stores and the gas stations because the tobacco companies have deals with them. And so their stuff get shipped along with it. They've already got the infrastructure. They don't need the mail. And, you know, I look at my local vape shop and they're having a hard time getting any product in. So eventually, okay. So if my state did the same thing and said, oh yeah, over 21 can do it. My vape shop closes. It's not allowed in the convenience store. (laughs) because <laughs> they can't you know because my vape shop can't get stuff so having this it's 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 a it's a, what do you call it concession that ends up being a loss
0: these are the things that we talk about when we talk about not giving an inch or whatever you know cumulatively or i i guess separately a lot of these policies for a lot of people look like not a big deal. Okay, that's fine. You know, I I can't use this product here. Okay, I can't ship this product this way. Okay, well, that's fine. We'll keep it all in vape shops. But like you said, cumulatively, these policies together can almost act as a de facto ban once they all, you know, work, I don't know, synergetically or whatever that word is. I just made up a word here. No, you're right. That's That's what we're talking about is, and that's why CASA sometimes... You know, we oppose something that to, you know, the average person walking down the street or whatever. It sounds like perfectly reasonable legislation, but we oppose these things because we know cumulatively that these policies can end up in, like Kristen's saying, in essentially a de facto ban, you know, without an outright ban. Okay, well, if we we can't ship the product. To vape shops, It's only first. available in vape shops. If you but know then they once, once these things synthetic. stack, all these policies stack together. There's nothing left. You don't even have to ban the product because. I'll,
2: you I'll know, tell you exactly ban. what happened. Is the first thing was the mail ban, so now they couldn't get anything shipped to them. You know, my my brand, they're in Texas, they stopped shipping. So. My shop here couldn't get it. And so they started getting the synthetic nicotine instead because that was still being shipped. Well, now synthetic nicotine is going to start disappearing off shelves. So pretty soon there's there's just not going to be anything for them to sell. They're just going to be going over to their hemp and Delta stuff and doing all that instead, you know. And and if they turn around and said only over 21 can sell these, pl- the closest place I'd be able to find would be an hour away because I certainly can't order it online anymore. Technically. I mean, I know people who know people, but, <laughs> but you know Everybody's what I'm saying? Everybody's
0: not a guy. Right. Mm-hmm. I know right? a guy. I know a guy. Guy,
2: who knows a guy. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I'm saying is so people are like, Oh no, you know, the mail ban's not so bad. You can just go to your vape shop because vape shops did kind of celebrate the fact that online sales could get in trouble, you know, could, Oh, no more online sales. Well, they didn't stop and think, okay, we can't get our stuff shipped to us either. And so, I mean, this whole little add each other, you know, online open systems, closed systems, vape shops versus that the the goal is to get rid of all of you guys. So you're never going to have a one up if you support somebody else, get, you know, throw anything under the bus. Cause that's, sure. this is what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And as far as Connecticut goes, I, I think, um, you know, folks, folks are starting to see exactly what you've described, Kristen. And um, I, I think that, you uh, it's sort of a few probably loud voices out there that think that this is a good thing for their business, um, but yeah, that's
2: going away. Okay. And,
1: and I think you know, as part of our job here of spreading information, good information uh, is letting people know to to not get sucked into that that sort of you know uh, business business shark type of thing where I can I can put my competitors out of business and they'll all come to me like that. That's not where we're at with this. It would be great for companies to to compete for for customers on an open market at some point, but uh, you know we're we're just we're not there anymore, uh, and it's going to be a while until we get back there. So um, all of that to say, uh, support vaping wherever it's necessary, and and that right now is pretty much everywhere on every you know everywhere cigarettes are sold. There should be a a, a, a bright shiny clean looking and appealing flavored vapor product right next to it competing head to head
2: don't give in anything and so
1: yeah if you're in connecticut oppose the bill and protect vaping and with that i am absolutely done with the legislative rundown
0: well done sir (laughs) well done well done and i guess that is also going to conclude this week's casaw live so uh, huge shout out to everybody here. Thank you uh, to everybody in chat. Lots of great questions uh, while we had Colin on today. Uh, a lot of great engagement and participation from all of you incredible people here. Uh, so thank you. We love good questions. And they were all excellent questions uh, during the stream. So thank you guys. Um, uh, right out of the gate, join Kassah. If you have not yet joined Kasa, you're doing absolutely everything wrong. Please leave immediately. <laughs> head over to kasa.org. It's absolutely free. We don't fill your inbox with a bunch of spam. Uh, so head over, join Kasa. Am I frozen right now?
2: No. Yeah, you are.
0: No. You're, oh, you're back. Uh, my Mac is doing weird
1: things. Oh, wait. Yeah. Weird. Wait, why is
2: it to get back up on the thing? Because
1: I'm doing a fun thing where I show oh. people how to go join Kasa. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Either and,
0: way. And, and I, shop our store. Our store's, stores right go, there too. Like, I'm not gonna hey. do the whole spiel if I'm frozen. Anyways, yeah, head over to cassa.org right there. Merch, merch, Go so check out the merch. Mm-hmm. Not only is it a great way to support Kassad, but you also get to be a brilliant, beautiful, walking billboard for tobacco harm reduction. Uh, so go check out all the cool merch that that we've got our up on our right shirts now. Shirts are very Jones. soft. Yeah, Danielle Jones worked real hard on a lot of the new designs. They're super cool, super snazzy. Go pick up some swag. Um, Also, this coming Wednesday, we do have a CasA Space. Uh, So check that out. Our Kassas spaces are at 7 p.m. Eastern. So that's 4 p.m. over on the West Coast. Again, just like this here program, you're going to have to do some Google Foo for all of the the time zones in between and around the rest of the world. Uh, For podcast listeners, there will be two versions of this available. So if you just tuned into one, hey. Guess what? There's another one, uh, a full length version with Dr. Colin Mendelson on and all the, the great questions and fantastic conversation that we had here today. And then there's also just a real quick shorthand version that you can check out with Alex doing his incredible work with legislation that that super spiffy, fantastic legislative rundown that he does. Um That's that's going to do it next week. There is no Casa live next week. We will be taking a week off. Uh, Some of us have some things going on life. You know, that awful thing that intrudes in this program every now and again, creeps its ugly head in. Uh, But we do have some things going on next week, so we won't be here. But like I said, we will be uh, on Twitter on Wednesday for Casa spaces. So check that out on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, it's just at Casa media. Uh, and it's at Casaw Media across the board. So if you're you're not following on YouTube, do it on YouTube. If you're not following on Instagram, Casaw Media on Instagram, Casaw Media on Twitter, just Casaw Media. Super Facebook easy. Do, follow groups. us all over the place. Literally, like stalk our social media. It's great, you guys. <laughs> we appreciate it. Do all the things. That's gonna do it for my spiel. I think.
2: I'm just did gonna I add... get all the
0: points. Did I did I say all the things?
2: For the most part, yeah, but uh, I'm just going to add that the week, not next week because we're off, but the week after that we have, and you guys, because you stuck around, you got it in and know what's going on now, Clive Bates is going to be on our show all the way from England, so we're going to be killing somebody else's time, we're keeping him up late, we got Colin up early, got him up late, Uh, and the week after that, I believe we have Guy Bentley coming uh, as a guest, so we've got some great guests coming up, and uh, yeah, Stick around. So, so forgive us for taking the week off, and uh, you're gonna love it when when we come back. And don't miss the uh, Twitter Spaces. Join your state Facebook group. Darn it.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's the thing I forgot. Darn it, Facebook. (laughs) See, I'm just I'm so deeply like opposed to Facebook that I just like mentally block out that we have so many fantastic. It's the only good thing on Facebook, you guys. That's it. It's just. The 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 state groups, our main page, all that stuff. It's literally the only good, wholesome thing that exists on Facebook. So please, depend you know, no matter what state you're in, we've got them all. Go check it out. Join the groups. Uh I mean, our, our, I I don't get involved directly in any of the Facebook state group stuff. Uh, But I know talking to Kristen and and all of them, Kristen, you know, runs basically everything over there uh, that we get a lot of really great heads up, particularly from small municipalities that are really hard to track otherwise. Uh, we get a lot of heads up stuff from our members and from people in those state groups. So not only is there a way for you to get involved and stay informed, but it's also a great way to participate in all of this. That is Kassah, because remember you guys, Kassah is not just, you know, Alex with his new nifty monitor or the rest of the board or Kristen Kassah is all of us together, working together, fighting together, being heard together. And that's the end of my spiel. That's well i'm it. gonna That's add now dogs.
2: i have to add because 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 you were saying that and christy said her state facebook is lame hopefully not the our casa facebook page but if it is we do need some more at um, volunteer moderators for the groups I, I have some super mods who are trying to control everything we've lost a bunch of different people from different states you know life happens goes back and forth so if your state facebook group is lame become a mod message me, whatever, um, and become a mod and you can be that person who helps us keep your Facebook page active and help share the Kasah stuff from our page onto your Facebook, uh, onto our Kasah Facebook, uh, groups. Um, so we could use your help. So if you feel like your group is lame, step up. And that's one thing that you can do to help us out is, uh, participate in, and get that going active and get people to join it and all that kind of stuff. So whew, that's my spiel. <laughs>
0: Now thanks. that now that that Kristen and myself have gotten through our spiels, Alex, do you have a spiel??
1: I, I have no spiel. just everybody thank okay. you. Thank you, Thank you all for coming uh, and listening and watching. And again, thanks to Colin Mendelson for getting up early for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good conversation and always always good to hear what's going on in the other parts of the world. So um, yeah, that's it. Good
2: thanks. thing. All
0: right. All right, that's gonna do it everybody. Uh, be excellent to each other. We hopefully will see you guys on Twitter on Wednesday at 7 p.m. and then the weekends following this coming one. But that's it. We're out of here. Be excellent. Stay
3: safe.